Hi there. It's time for horror. It is time. You found something pretty horrific, but first... I did. As we do... Oh, I don't know what I'm afraid of. You don't... <laughs> do you really have no fears whatsoever? Because I have, I have my doubts. Oh, uh, so... I'm going to Edmonton again, oh. but we're staying at a different hotel because I told my employers not to send me back to the Bedbug Hotel. Just so you guys know, for new listeners, yeah, um, yeah. Andrea goes on goes traveling throughout our province uh, for work, and they've been holding her up at this one hotel that has bedbugs and possibly also scabies. Yes. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. So I got attacked by bedbugs, and then I had like an allergic reaction to it. It was just really bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the summary. So, mm. uh, yeah. So we're going to a different hotel, which is a nicer one. Like, so the one we were staying at was like converted old apartments. Yeah. That they made into hotel rooms. So it's kind of nice because be you had cool. like a full kitchenette and a living room area and then a bedroom. Yeah. But I would just rather stay somewhere without bed bugs. I feel like that's a fair requirement, actually. <laughs> That's very reasonable. I thought so. Yeah. Also, like, places where the shower actually drains and doesn't turn into a bath, like, so you're not, 10 like, seconds flooding the room. Yeah. yeah, like, their drains were really slow. So it yeah. just sounds like they haven't updated enough. And you know what? Okay, so we stayed in Victoria, like, a year or so ago almost now. Wow. Time is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had these Japanese toilets installed. Oh, my God. And they were just the best toilets in my, like... That I've ever experienced. The Japanese know how to make toilets. That's all I have to say. Yeah, like heated seats. Yeah. I did not think that was something I'd need in life. No, but it's so... Yeah. It's like relaxing while you're peeing. Just like... Yeah. And in the middle of the night when you sit on it, you're just like... (laughs) It's not cold. This is great. Yeah, Yeah. you're not like... like, Yeah. I'm sure you guys want to hear all about our toilet experiences. Yes. And I will rate this particular toilet experience as a 10 out of 10. Yes. And they were shocked, apparently. Apparently they were like, oh my god, why are you still are using these medieval toilets? Yeah, like, and for we're like hotels, yeah. Because we're... Because we're gross. We suck. We're North and American, we suck. Yeah, we don't know. Say. We don't understand bidets and uh, keeping our hands clean, apparently. Yeah. And gross. Having a warm toilet seat. Oh, Or having any sort of comfort. That was so good. I'm like daydreaming about that toilet seat. I'm like, I just, it's I know, I'm so tempted good, just guys. to get like a heated toilet seat for my place. Yep. It's worth it. Yeah. Just <laughs> so everyone listening knows, you're welcome <laughs> you for us going on You can get them on, on Amazon. Tangent. Yeah. Get, <laughs> get, get your toilet looking. seats now. Now we're shilling for uh, toilet seat yep. companies. Um, so. Oh, and I wanted oh, to what shout am I out. afraid of? What oh. are you afraid of? Oh, okay. Uh, you could do your shout out first. Okay, while I just I want to shout out to Nothing Happens in Canada. Oh, hey. Yeah. We've been chatting and we were talking about weather. <laughs> whether or not things <laughs> happen in Canada. My crappy weather oh. and stuff like that. But yeah, no, she's just great and she was fun to talk to. So you guys should rate, review, and subscribe to Nothing Happens in Canada. Yes. Because as it turns out, that's a misnomer. She's and- <laughs> got a cool voice, too. It's just, yeah, it's a good podcast. So. Oh, I like that. That's like my ideal thing for podcasts and YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll find a new YouTuber whose content I really like the idea of, but the way they narrate is just... Yeah. See, that will be my fear, is bad narration in YouTube there videos. We go. Okay. Yeah, because I really want to Or bad voice. Into... Yeah. Like, if your voice is like nails on a chalkboard, then... It's hard, even if your content's yeah. fantastic. Like, You there's... need to learn sign language. And communicate that way. <laughs> I, I like having the sound in YouTube videos, too. I, I like it when people put music in the background and, like, 
their voice is there, but they know how to narrate. It's like it's mm-hmm. hard to learn how to narrate. Yeah, I understand. To do it well and like be engaging. Yeah, yeah. instead of being really flat, because that's that's why I run into a lot is someone whose voice is okay. It's not like outstanding on its own, but the narration is just so bad. Yeah. Like it's so flat, and I'm like, I know this takes time. You've had this channel for like five years. Have you not learned to narrate? Ah, like, <laughs> are we flat? I wonder if we're flat. We definitely start out that way, which is okay. why I'm I'm understanding about it. But I'm just kind of <laughs> like, oh no, I really want to watch this video, but I, I'm I can't tune into what this is, what's being said, yeah, because it's just being stated in such a bland way. Yeah, even if it's like top, you gotta 10, have like, some charisma and deaths to present your stuff. Got it. You so did tired. it. You nailed the charisma part there, Andrea. See, people should definitely be like to me you. and have charisma. Okay. Yeah. S- stuff. Charisma. Ooh, whatever. Yeah. Nailed. Mm. Nailed you know it. that stuff. <laughs> that stuff that you definitely have right yeah, now. Yeah, like I am totally. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Stop falling in love with me. Literally, that was a concern for no one. <laughs> <laughs> there are just like uh, silence on the fine. other end. Um, so <laughs> today we chose a theme actually, and we actually did that theme. Yeah, like we said we would. Ren, we're dutiful. Terrible. I right. sorry. I I made up for it later. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. I'm reliable. When we had moved on to a new theme. But okay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call me out like this. <laughs> Not online. That's the worst place to have to own up to responsibility and such. <laughs> but yeah, so we France. We did France. That's our theme. Sorry, France. France you're now a theme. <laughs> just France. I just noticed we had a boost in listeners in France. So I was like, hey, we yeah. should celebrate that. Yeah, like by shout out. telling them the horrible things that happened there. Yeah. Yeah. You're but, welcome. Yeah. Just so you guys know, no <laughs> one is safe. No one is safe from us. So I have the Elodie Kulik affair. The Elodie Kulik? Yep. Okay. Her name is Elodie Kulik. I like the name Elodie. Yeah, me too. Something bad's going to happen to Elodie, isn't it? Yes. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. Warning, guys. <laughs> this one's, like, pretty, pretty this nasty. This one's pretty sad and bad. Uh, okay. Which is what you're here for, so, you yeah, know. Yeah, so you can't really get mad. No. <laughs> it's sad and bad, so don't get mad. Oh, my God. I hate that. You sound yeah, like a kindergarten it's the worst. teacher. I'm Dr. Seuss. Oh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just so, like, none of that. The evening of January 10th, 2002... 24-year-old Elodie Kulik left work in Peron, which is in northern France. Yeah. And she went to dinner with a male friend, uh, I think his name was Hervé, at Nouveau Pavillon de Shanghai in St. Quentin, 30 minutes drive away from her work. Okay. So she was a bright, bubbly, happy person. She was the director of a bank branch in her small town at 24 years old. Which Which is is impressive. impressive. Yeah. And her nickname was the Banker of Peron. And she was the youngest bank branch director in France. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So she liked to sing and write poems. Just a little info about her. So she's like creative, optimistic, fun person. And successful, yeah. Yeah, obviously on the ball. Yeah. So after dinner, she and Hervé had tea at his house. And then she drove back home around 11.30 p.m. Right. She left to go drive. Drive back home. Okay. Um, it was a cold evening. There were icy roads and fog, and there weren't very many people on the roads. And the area between Saint Quentin and Peron is basically just fields and uninhabited land. Oh. So she's just like driving in the middle of nowhere, kind of. Yeah. 
Um, and she was driving really slowly and carefully. And then at 12.21 a.m., emergency services slash firefighters for France. <laughs> they have those. Yeah. Most places do. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same number. Um, but they dial 18, I guess, in France instead of 911. Okay. So they get a phone call from her cell. Um, she's saying she's been in an accident. Someone forced her off the road and she's frantic. Oh, my goodness. What the fuck? Yeah. And then the call cuts off after six, 26 seconds with Elodie screaming on the other end of the phone. Oh, no. And the operator can hear an abduction basically taking pr- place. And she Whoa. can hear or he or she can hear two or three men talking and they have thick northern France accents. Oh, So So, they were, like, local to the area. Yeah. So once the phone call cut off, basically the assailants removed the battery from the cell phone and threw it into a field. It's too late now, guys. Yeah. You've been recorded (laughs) on the other end, just so you know. So 30 minutes later, Elodie's car is found on the side of the road empty by a passerby which is and it's about five kilometers from her house near the town of cartigny oh she was so close to being home yeah that's three miles um she's been in an accident and like she so you can see that the car has been in an accident kind of and forced off the road but there's no signs of it having collided with another car so it just looks like it's crashed into probably a ditch or something okay yeah yeah um no one knows this at the time but the assailants actually did they forced her into another car and they took her several kilometers away to the rural town of Turtree and they killed her so after they forced her off the road they forced her into another car and drove away Oh, wow. Yeah. So they are basically looking for someone alone at night that they could run off the road and then, like, grab. Yeah. So her body was found two days later on January 12th by a farmer. Um, and the body was in a disused military land that had an airstrip from World War One. And the place is only known to locals. And her body was burned using gasoline. <sighs> and she was found on her back with her knees pulled to her chest nude it sounds like they burned her alive almost hey yeah just the way the body Mm -hmm. moves but i could be wrong about that yeah Yeah. i mean it's possible i hope not but it's not how the autopsy said she she died okay um the autopsy on january 14th shows that she was raped and then strangled to death so they later figure out that the call to emergency services was made after she was raped oh so she was trying to say like I was forced off the road, and then they took me, and, you know, like, probably was going to say, yeah, they raped me, but then she was cut off. Because they either came back for her or kept dragging her. Yeah, or she, like, managed to get away and made a call, and then they chased her down. Like, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. So her funeral was on January 23rd. They found a full DNA sample in a used condom nearby. And then they also found some partial DNA and a fingerprint um, because the assailants left behind a cigarette butt, a dirty cloth, and one of her socks. Wow. But then the trail goes cold. There's no matches for for the DNA or fingerprints that they found. But they do think that the assailants were local because of the spot that her body was found, right? Like Yeah, and they had the accents from the area. Yeah, and apparently the road get, that goes there is impossible to find unless you know it's there. Yeah. And yeah, they burned her with gasoline, so they had gasoline with them. And then also the accents that are from northern France. Yeah. So chances are these were guys who lived around here. Exactly. So in July 2002, so this is like six months later, Elodie's mother, Rosemary, tried to commit suicide by drinking rat poison. And then she was in a coma basically until she died in July 2011. So she never woke up from attempting. Oh, my God. So oh, poor mother. it tore apart this family because 
Elodie was the third child that Rosemary and her husband Jackie had lost. Oh. On December 25th, 1976, Christmas, Jackie uh, was driving and they were in a car accident after hitting some black ice, oh. which resulted in the death of their two young children, Laurent, who was six, and Karine, who was seven. Oh. And the children were thrown from the car and they died immediately. Jackie was in a coma for 23 days and Rosemarie was also severely injured. So this family has just gone through a lot of gone through like, hell. heartache. Yeah. yeah. And then Jackie and Rosemarie gave birth to Elodie one year later in 1977. And then they also gave birth to a son, Fabien, in 1978. And then obviously this happened to Elodie. Yeah, so like... This is so, it's like proof for life being unfair there. Yeah, like Jackie is now alone. Yeah. Three kids have died and his wife was oh in a coma and then died God. for like nine years. Oh. So um, on October 11th, 2011, it was the case in France that had the highest number of DNA samples that had been taken to try to solve it. They oh, okay. took like 5,000 to 6,000 samples. Wow, so they were try really trying. Yeah. yeah. Between 2002 and 2011, the case was basically on standby because there was a lack of leads. It's weird that they did have a lack of leads. I know, but like, because right? none of these guys had a previous criminal record. They had nothing to match it to. Yeah. yeah even though these guys left like mm -hmm. everything at the scene. That's the problem. Like leaving DNA, finding DNA at a crime scene isn't that useful unless they've either had a previous criminal record or they've you can suspects. like pinpoint them and get sample right but yeah so they did try that they tried taking like five thousand samples from yeah. people yeah but yeah i mean it, they probably didn't know each other so no. there was nothing else to really link them so in january 2012 one dna sample got a hit oh the assailant was identified through his father whose dna was entered into the database and his father was in prison, having been charged with sexual aggression of a minor. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, so, so he wasn't in a the family's good not, spot with that family. Yeah. yeah. So the man, his name was Gregory Weart. Weart. Yeah. Uh, he was 23 when Elodie died, um, but he died in a car accident in November 2003, in a head-on collision with a, collision with a beat truck. So this has been after her death, and they found a hit, but he was already dead from something. Yeah, he died like. A year after he killed her. Wow. But there were more men, right? So yeah. uh, January 24th, 2012, they exhumed Gregory's body and confirmed that he was one of the perpetrators. In December 2012, mitochondrial DNA was found at the scene that belonged to Gregory's ex-girlfriend. And they're thinking that it was probably transported by him. So because she's ruled out because she was heavily pregnant and bedridden at her parents' home at the time of the murder. Okay, so she actually has a solid alibi yeah, for but that. But it definitely like pretty much just confirms that he was one of them. Yeah. Uh, so they decide to place surveillance on Gregory's friends and acquaintances from 2002. Good. So everybody he knew and was friends with. Good. He basically had belonged to a, an SUV club. So like, these people had tuned SUVs and they were their pride and joys. Wow. <laughs> pride and joy. They had short uh. tempers. They were aggressive on the road. They would ride people's bumpers if they were going too slow and make them fishtail off the road sometimes. They met frequently over drinks at a local bar talking about mechanics. And on weekends, they would go out to have drinks and shoot pool, then go for dinner, and then go clubbing. So they were wow. like a club for a SUVs. A really shitty club for SUVs. Yeah, yeah why strange. can't you just like SUVs and not be a fucking 
creep. Yeah, like I like SUVs, but, but I'm you not don't run going people to off murder the road. people. Um, they would brag about sleeping with each other's girlfriends Ew. because they all agree that they loved cars more than women. So okay, these guys had problems then. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of problems. And Gregory was violent and negligent with his child, who was born shortly after Elodie's death. Because you remember his girlfriend was pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. Shocking. Um, and he would steal money from his family members and stuff like that. So he wasn't a good person. <laughs> Clearly. <obviously>. Yeah. <laughs> um, January 16th, 2013, seven of Gregory's acquaintances were placed in custody. Two were ruled out. And then the others started right away accusing each other. Of course. And January 18th, 2013, one man named Willie Bardon presented, he was presented to the judge and indicted with false imprisonment, which is basically kidnapping. Oh. uh, Gang rape and murder, and he was sent to prison. Uh, He had no previous criminal record. Which makes sense, because they weren't able to match the DNA, so none of them did, it sounds like. So first he admitted doing it, and then he denied that his was one of the voices that the operator recorded, but okay. five other people, including his brother and Gregory's ex-girlfriend, identify his voice from the recording. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that is you. Yeah, they're like, that's you and none of us are surprised. Yeah. And then a witness came forward to reiterate that she drove by the crime on the night of the murder. She drove by the crime scene and saw oh. two cars parked there. One was a white truck, um, and that was basically the information that she had. And she had already come forward in 2002 with the info. Yeah. So she came forward again because she's like hey hey you really need to be looking for this white truck so she said that one day two months after the murder she was driving through town and a car passed her and forced her to the side of the road and a man in the car shouted get out of your car bitch now it's your turn whoa and then she got away and drove to a toll station with uh, cctv and she called the police good um these guys in the car followed her but they finally gave up after waiting for her to leave so they could get her and the composite sketch that she produced uh, looked like Willie Bardon which is not surprising no it's not I'm so glad that she stayed where she was and did not chance leaving yeah um I don't know why they would think that that she'd she come would. out yeah, yeah like have your car be worried <laughs> it's your turn well that sounds woman's inviting. found dead and then you're getting threatened and you're like I'll just go for a nice little drive by myself yeah I mean like <laughs> if someone was shouting that at me like yeah, have your yeah. car like uh no bye yeah, I would also like, go somewhere where there are people and hopefully CCTV and where there's a phone yeah so um, I'm glad I'm glad she did all that yeah That's a huge relief so in April 2014, they release Willie. Ugh. Uh, he has to wear an electronic bracelet and he's under house arrest. But in what? France, house arrest like that is limited to two years. What? And then in February 2016, they close the investigation because they're like, what? it was Willie and Gregory. Yeah, the but end. <laughs> Willie should be in prison for life then. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. House arrest? I know. He raped and murdered a woman. I don't understand it. Oh, my um, God. So in April, well, I guess he's out kind of like on bail because they never, they, he still has to go to court later on. So Good. April 2016, he's allowed to remove the bracelet, but he's still under surveillance and only allowed out of the house two mornings a week and on Saturdays until June 2016 when they give him a bit more freedom and he what? can leave the house a little bit more often. Ugh. But then in April 2017, they do try to convict him in a criminal court. Good. Um, but he appeals the decision. What? And the court received an anonymous letter that said 
like the person had info about the Kulik case, mm-hmm. but they decided not to reopen it and to try Willie in court instead. So like they could reopen this, but then they wouldn't be able to try him. Right. Um, and I think that's that's fair too. Yeah. So they're like, we're not reopening this. We want to be able to try this guy because yeah. we know he did it. He, yeah. Like he definitely helped do it. And there may have been another guy. I mean, yeah. it might have been more than just Gregory and Willie, but that's at true. least they know Willie's done it, then he should pay, right? Yes, he should. Yeah. So uh, in the several months after Elodie's murder, two other women were raped and killed in the same region. And French serial killer Jean-Paul Lecomte was first suspected, but he was ruled out because he was actually in prison at the time. (laughs) That will make things tricky. Because he had confessed to like, he did confess to murdering two other women and probably more, obviously, if he's a serial killer. This is a dangerous little area. It is. Yikes. And finally, uh, so I guess, like, I'm not sure if the criminal court stuff is still going on. There weren't a lot of articles about this in English. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I had trouble finding English, too. Yeah, I was deciphering some of the French Wikipedia page and then some French articles. Yeah. And, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if any of my details are are wrong. It's because she. It's because I'm rusty. (laughs) Yeah, you're rusty in many a way. Yeah. Yeah. Many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jackie, her father, yeah. he's a vigorous advocate for his daughter, and he's been fighting tooth and nail for justice for her since 2002 when she died. Yeah. So. It makes sense. He's still he fighting, but he's like the only one left oh. in that family. God, that's He's lost man. three children and a wife. And it, I just, ugh. I can't even fucking imagine that. No, it's It's very horrifying. brave of him to be fighting still. Yeah, no I'm kidding. Glad. Because he could just like. I mean, I would feel like. <laughs> after all devastated. that's happened to him. Like, yeah. yeah. But I'm just glad he hasn't. Good. At least that's that's one positive thing you take away from this, people. Yeah. But that's why I went first. Because it's. They do good things. Very depressing. Yeah, that's a, that's a sad one. Mine is far less sad because I. Decided to do French lore. Yes, thank God. Yeah. So we can actually end on a nicer note. Yeah, yeah, like we're a horror podcast, but we don't want to devastate you about the world. There are good (laughs) things about the world, too. Um, Some of which are not on my list, because I actually chose bad things. But they're not devastating. Yeah. And they're like, they're lore, so it's not like... They're monsters and such. Telling someone, yeah, someone's murderer. Yeah, like these are some traditional French monsters that are a little famous. Yeah. I'm excited to talk I'm about excited it. I'm excited to hear. So now yeah. it's time for Ren. It's always Ren time. No. Are you guys ready for Ren? Well, I was there. <laughs> that, I didn't that's all I have to you. say about that. I, didn't I was see I was you, present. So I don't believe you. No, it's too late. <laughs> Sometimes right. when you're like, I don't think Ren is here and I think it's Andrea time. I think it's anyone else time but Ren time. Then I'll just pop up and oh, it's no. suddenly Ren time. And you're like, fuck, <laughs> not again. And I like okay. to do this. It's kind of how I get my kicks. So <laughs> here is some eerie French lore. You guys excited? Because we're starting Yay. off with the man-eating snail monster, Lou Cacol. His name is Lou? His name is Lou. <laughs> Okay. Oh, you French. You funny French. <laughs> We're French, so I can say that. Yeah, I guess <laughs> our nationality changes per episode, I feel. but <laughs> We're Irish and French, mostly. Yeah, that's pretty much all I'm going like, to lay. That's like the majority. Lay claim to. Yeah, so Lou Carcol, or the Carcol. So it's okay. sometimes Lou. His friends call him Carcol. Um, <laughs> is a mythical beast from Gascon uh, folklore, right? And it was described as being, like, both a serpent and a mollusk at the same time, taking characteristics from both. 
but its massive long body also carried in like a gigantic shell on its back that very much resembled a snail shell. Perfect. Yeah, so it was believed to live in like underground caverns in southwest France, and as for how it caught its prey, its gaping mouth was reputedly surrounded by several long, hairy, and ooze-covered tentacles that could actually extend for miles. These were long tentacles. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's fabulous, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get me some mouth tentacles. Um, So these tentacles stretched, would stretch like way out from the cave the Karkal inhabited and were laid upon the ground among its own viscous slime, kind of hidden, right? You might think it's a vine, a slimy vine. Yep, then when a person would accidentally make contact with a tentacle or two while walking across the rocky terrain, the carcol would ensnare that person and drag them back to its abode. Oh. Yep, so wrap them up the tentacles and slurp. And it would then swallow the victim whole with its enormous gaping mouth. I cannot, I, it would be very un, un, uh, not good to be <laughs> swallowed whole. <laughs> <laughs> Meaningful contribution from Andrea. <laughs> I feel like being bored would suck. Yeah. Yes. That's the summary of what you just said. <laughs> yes. In real That's life. Exactly what I meant. Yeah, keep it on DV and art, guys. Alright, so <laughs> also, um, so in renderings, like drawings, the carcol really does look like a gigantic, menacing, icky tentacle snail. Okay. Like it's actually I mean, that's kind what of I was horrifying. Picturing, so. Yeah. Well, then you're on track. Yay! (laughs) So, also, the Karkol is a nickname given to the city of Hasting. 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 In the French department of Lande. Lands. Lands. Thank you. I'm so glad you're French. Land. You're Frencher than me, somehow. Land. (laughs) Because I went to school. Yeah, you for French. You learned it. Yeah, I'm. I'm I was only forced to French go to school, in DNA. French immersion school. <laughs> French immersion snail. Um. So yeah, it, the carcol is that nickname of Husting. Yeah. Um. Because it's positioned on like this rounded hill that kind of looks like a snail, right? Oh. So apparently, the men of Husting used to say, as a pleasant warning to young and pretty women, "quote The carcol will catch you," which I mean, okay. that's like not super pleasant. But okay. All right. Yeah, that um, was like a thing that they just say. I think that's really funny. Like That is weird. It's like instead of telling a girl that you meet on the street to smile hey, more. Hey, cutie pie. They're just like, the you're going to get eaten alive by a giant snail. Yeah. And they're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, that girl's just so flattered. I mean, I would almost he prefer that. I'm, he thinks I'm snail food. He thinks I'm snail pretty. worthy. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so the next one is more of a sort of ghost impish one the uh dom blanche blanche thank you you're welcome fuck <laughs> dom blanche in french mythology or folklore uh dom blanche literally meaning like white ladies were not like race wise just white ladies yeah uh were female <laughs> spirits or otherwise supernatural beings comparable to the white women of both dutch and germanic mythology right right the dom blanche were reported in the region of lorraine and Normandy. And they may also appear in, like, the Pyrenees Mountains where they were seen near caves and caverns, right? So Thomas Knightley, who lived in 1870, describes the Dame Blanche as a type of fae known in Normandy, quote, who are of a less benevolent character. <laughs> so there's That's a so nice... so, like, calm. 
I know he's less, but he's want to be polite. Just like he could just say they're fucking evil, but he's just like they're less benevolent. I know that's a very 1870 way of saying they're fucking awful. <laughs> they're dicks. Yeah. So they lurk in narrow places, also such as like ravines, fjords, on bridges, and they try to at- uh, attract the attention of anyone passing by. Right. And once they have, the person they've beckoned is required to join in the dance of the dom or assist her in some way, like help her out with something. Mm-hmm. And if the person wants to pass unharmed, they got to do this. If so you have a- to dance or do an errand. Yeah. You either okay. got to dance with her or do an errand or she's not going to be happy with you. Okay. Um. Yeah. If, if the <laughs> passerby does that, um, then for that person, the dom, quote, makes him many courtesies, and then vanishes. Uh, so that's some that's some inspiration for you. If, you. if you needed, like, incentive to do something for a Dom Blanche, she will make you many courtesies. Oh, that's good. That's multiple courtesies. So is she just, like, thanking him a lot, or...? I think that it can bring you good luck. Oh, okay. But well, I would just many do, courtesies. Like, why wouldn't you just run the errand or do the dance? I don't think I would risk it. Well, because they're probably terrified of this random woman in white on a bridge who's like, hey, we're in the it's middle true. of nowhere and I'm a ghost. Want to dance? I'd be like, I guess. I would definitely do it. Yeah. I'd be way too scared not to. Me too. But I can understand why some men might be like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> like, so one such a dame was known as La Dame d'Apregny. Please tell me I said that. I did it. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. I did it. <laughs> Who appeared in a ravine at the Rue Quentin at Bayeux in Normandy, where one must dance with her a few rounds in order to pass. So oh. she made you dance a lot. Yeah. She just loves dancing. That's she's fun. just really into it. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, this is this where it's at. So those who refused her were thrown into the thistles and briar, while those who danced were not harmed. And another dame was known on, like, to live on a narrow bridge in the district of Filet, named Falaise. the... Falaise. Named <laughs> the Pont d'Ango. Dang it. Yep. She only allowed people to pass if they went on their <clears throat> knees to her. Oh. So they either had to drop to their knees, or I'm picturing them having to crawl on their knees, like, just kind of, like, shuffle. Oh. Shimmy shuffle. I don't know if that's true, because this was also in French and translated, but, yeah. um... Oh. <laughs> so it could be either one, but yeah. I would just, I would just stay safe and walk on my knees. Yeah. Because then you're on your knees regardless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyone who refused to do this was tormented by the lutin, which is, like, another little imp thing. Uh, cats, owls, and other creatures who helped her. Aw. Mm-hmm. Tormented by cats doesn't sound that bad. No, it sounds fine. I mean, they they can be scratchy, but they're really cute. They are really cute. I would just smooch them. <laughs> they were, like, hissing and scratching, and the Dom Blanche is like, Hey, and hey, just, like, you're not supposed to like this. Stop kissing my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my cat back. <laughs> Fuck. Now I gotta I'm get just her like some kissing shots. Kissing the cats and owls and yeah. Oh, owls are so cute. Oh, they're big eyeballs. Okay. I know big eyeballs. Big All right. So next one, another monster, the Paluda, which is sometimes called the Shaggy Beast <laughs> or La Verue, which is basically French for hairy one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dragon slash mythical beast that terrorized La Ferté Bernard. Yep. Did I do it? Yay. France. In medieval times. <laughs> it is said to have come from and lived near the Wiesne uh, River Wien, near the town. Probably. Wien. Wien River. There's a sure. river called Wien. <laughs> it's the Wien River. That's my guess. It's how it's spelled. But... Wien River near the town. Yeah, so it lived near that river. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and depending on the account, the Paluda resembled like a porcupine, but was like, had an ox-sized body. 
And like oh this, God. yes, that'd be a big ass porcupine and a protective tangle of green hair like projections covering it. And these. Mm? So those are not like quills. Well, these, of course, were actually stinger tip tentacles, which could be erected into quills. Of course they have tentacles. Of course. Okay. The French are into tentacles. Yeah. I just realized this. <laughs> That's weird. I really don't like tentacles. I will not even eat calamari. I will. I, I love tentacles. I know you're a freak. I'm super into this. The Paluta is my man. All right, so... It's your dinner. It's my dinner and my love. You're just getting hungry. I, I get both, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, the Paluta would probably be great with some some soy sauce. All right, so they so it had, like, these green quill things, right? And it yeah. gave it, at, like, this strange, hairy appearance overall, hence the name Hairy One. <laughs> and it was said to be able to shoot this multitude of poisonous stingers off its body, you know, like porcupine. But could also kill a fully grown human with one tail strike, and even worse, could spit streams of acid. Perfect. This sounds like something in Bloodborne. Oh gosh, it's a Bloodborne <laughs> boss. I can't believe this. We're fighting spiders right now. Ancient French We cannot Bloodborne. get past this weird boss that is a spider with spider babies. Yeah, I think that's the boss name, Spider. Rom, the they vacuous spider. The vacuous spider? That's what it's Vacuous? That's vacuous. kind of a diss. Right? I know. I think the spider's got a lot going on, personally. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not fair. So, yeah, like, appearance-wise, like, for the Paluta, who's just spitting acid, um, it possessed the scaly neck, head, and tail of a snake, but had large tortoise-like feet, <laughs> and was generally a greenish color, like, overall. And the lore behind the Paluta was that the beast was originally denied access to Noah's Ark. Like, w this was one of the animals Noah decided he, he wasn't going to take with him. That makes sense. He's though, like, no. He sounds horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Noah's like, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks at it like, mm. um. <laughs> but uh, so he didn't take him. And yet the creature did manage to survive the biblical flood by seeking refuge in a cave near Ween River. <laughs> So after many years, it returned to vengefully rampage across the countryside. Because I'd be kind of pissed if I wasn't allowed on the boat. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's angry. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, you left me to die, Noah. Yeah. Like, really? It's rude. I wasn't going to spray acid. I just do that sometimes. But, like, <laughs> it was uh, vengefully rampaging, wilting crops with its breath, and devour uh, devouring <laughs> both livestock and humans. So it was just eating everything and killing off plants. It was finally <laughs> defeated after it made the mistake of killing a certain man's fiance. Oh. So the man tracked the Paluta down and cut off its tail. And this was the only point on the beast's entire body that wasn't completely invulnerable. So it died immediately. Oh. So like the tail I could kill you. I feel kind of bad for it. the beast. Don't? Yeah, me too a little bit. I don't know why. Oh, it's there's just because I have more empathy for. for beasts and animals than I do for humans. I think that's absolutely true because this man's fiance died, Andrea. I know. She she might have gotten acid spit in her face. You don't know. I don't care. I'm hoping it was just a single <laughs> tail strike. So, I, terrible. There's another beast you're going to feel bad for. But that's not the next one because next one is the catacombs of Paris, which are Yay. not a monster. No. As far as I know. No. They are catacombs. They are. Um, <laughs> thank you. So with I got you back. Oh, thank goodness. So with walls crafted from and visibly lined with the bones of the dead, 
The catacombs of Paris are underground ossuaries in Paris, France, which hold the remains of more than 6 million people in a small part of a tunnel network built to, like, consolidate Paris's ancient stone quarries, right? Extending south from the Barrier d'Enfer. Barrier d'Enfer. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was close enough. Yeah. <laughs> French people are like, no, that was really bad. <laughs> so, which translates to uh, Gate of Hell. That's a good start. Um, they were created as part of an effort to ease the load on the city's overflowing cemeteries. Feels like that should that name is a giveaway. Yeah, Barrier Gate of Hell. I mean, that's kind of rude of them. They're just assuming everyone who dies there is going there. Like, yeah, that's what can't be Gate rude. of Heaven. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> hey, come on, French people. That's kind of cynical of you. So the work of preparing the catacombs was basically expedited after a series of gruesome collapses occurred, like along the walls of the Saint Innocent. Cemetery quarter basement in 1774. <laughs> That's quite a hyphenated word. Right? So basically, yeah, the St. Hyacinth Cemetery, the basement walls, like it was like a quarter basement sort of deal. So like underground structures yeah. collapsed. So a bunch of bodies were probably all over the place oh, Okay. from that cemetery. So they were like, okay, we really need to finish these catacombs because the cemetery <laughs> got fucked up and um, there's bodies everywhere. So <laughs> in 1786... Nightly processions of covered wagons transferred remains from most of Paris' cemeteries, and probably including that one, to a mine shaft that opened near the Rue de la Tombe Isoire. Sure. Close. <laughs> so the ossuary remained largely forgotten until it became like a novelty location for concerts and other private events in the early 19th century. And after further renovations, it was open to public visitation since 1874, and you can visit the catacombs today. Yay! You could do it right now. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're near them, which... Um, you may. Sorry. Be. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry to hear that. Then you could literally go right this second. That's... You could do it. Predictably enough, uh, strange things, both tangible and spiritual, have been found throughout the dark tunnels of the catacombs, and visitors often report seeing orbs and hearing mysterious sounds. It's always orbs and sounds. Yeah, that seems to be what ghosts do, and I'm kind of like, well, that's cool and all, but like, spice it up a little, ghost. Yeah. Maybe that's all they're able to do. Maybe they've got like an orb quota that they have to fill. Yeah. They're like, fuck, I need to do some orbs. (laughs) I'm gonna be in trouble. All right, so next one, a monster. This one you might actually feel sad for, too. Oh. La Tarasque. Okay. The legend. That was good. Thank you. You're welcome. I fucking did it. The legend <laughs> of the Tarasque is reported in several sources, but especially in the story of St. Martha. So La Tarasque inhabited the area of Nurlock in Provence, France, and caused widespread chaos across the land. Yes. Good, that's what, good that's what he liked. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're supposed to do, so he's doing a good job. <laughs> Congrats, little Tarasque. <laughs> In appearance, uh, the Tarasque was dragon-like, with a lion's head, six short legs like a bear's, an ox-like body again, covered with a turtle shell, and a scaly tail that ended in a scorpion's sting. Doesn't sound like a dragon. No, I'm... That's parts I'm, of everything else other than a dragon. Right? That's why I wondered about them describing everything as dragon-like. I'm like, is that just a European thing? Because dragon, <laughs> the quote, the, like, criteria for being a dragon is getting really out of hand here. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, no rules, <laughs> no rules. So some legends report it as living on the modern site of the Chateau Tarascon, And according to the Golden Legend, which uh, contains St. Martha's tale, quote, There was, at that time, on the banks of the Rhône, in a marsh between Arles and Avignon, a dragon, half animal, half fish, 
thicker than an ox, longer than a horse, with teeth like swords and big as horns, he hid in the river where he took the life of all passers-by and submerged vessels. Okay. So he's been up to some stuff. He eats submarines. <laughs> submerged vessels. I know, that could be a lot of things. Um, <laughs> so the Tarask was said to have come from... Uh, Galatea, Galatia. I think it's. I think it's Galatea, which was the home of like uh, the legendary Onicus, which was a scaly bison-like beast which burned everything it touched. And La Tarasque was the was said to be like the offspring of the Onicus and the Leviathan of biblical account. So, who was presumably a giant sea serpent. Oh. So that's kind of why he looks like a lot of things. All right. His parents were. Um, eclectic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so according to the tale, the king of Nurluk sent knights to attack the Tarask and also launched catapults at it, but none of this was successful. It was only when St. Martha found the beast and charmed it with hymns and prayers that the Tarask allowed itself to be led back to the city, tamed. Unfortunately, the people were still terrified of La Tarask and attacked no. it when it drew close. Yeah. And the creature while being attacked, offered absolutely no resistance in return, and died there. Oh my god. Martha then preached to the people and converted many of them to Christianity, which I guess is relevant. Um, and <sighs> so, sorry for what they had done to the tamed monster, the newly repentant townspeople changed the town's name to Tarascon in its honor. Oh, that's horrible. Isn't that kind of a bummer? Like, yeah. he was trying to, he was trying to sad now. change his ways, and it didn't He was being go a good on. beast. I mean... For all the people that he deaded, they're probably like, no, he, he kind of had that coming. No, but, like, he was trying. He it's kind of like uh, he was a Beauty and the Beast. monster. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me of, like, a Beauty and the Beast kind of story, because St. Martha is kind of like the beauty in this case. Yeah. And then well, he would have been the Beast who repented. I wonder if that's... From. Right? Actually, there was a story that Beauty and the Beast was inspired from. Maybe we should do that at some point. We should, because, oh, we should do fucked up fairy tales because there yes. are a lot of really nasty ones out there yes yes have to. Okay. so that's what's gonna happen soon. it's gonna happen at some point yeah at some point we're very committal uh so <laughs> this one is kind of funny and eerie um cheval malay and cheval galvin galvin yep. ha yeah the cheval galvin which like means basically horse French horse, um, yeah. is a legendary evil horse of Franche-Comte, France, and the Jura Mountains in Switzerland. It is said to reside near water, forests, or cemeteries, and to kill those who mount it, usually <laughs> by drowning them or throwing them into chasms. This could have just been a bad horse. Oh, yeah. But the horse is considered a harbinger of death and appears to have served as a kind of boogeyman story to scare children at one point. To stop them from riding strange horses. <laughs> Apparently that was an issue. <laughs> yeah, no, this is probably this is probably something that did happen a lot. Okay. And the French were like, oh, I just don't want my kids to be one of those like horse riders. And they'll be like steals strange we'll horses. tell them it's an evil horse. <laughs> yeah, it could be. So, like, it's believed to possibly have been, like, a transformed lutin, which is basically, like, French hobgoblin. And it is one of a number of legendary horses of Jura. Similarly, the cheval malay, or malay, meaning mallet horse, um, describes a fabulous and evil horse. <laughs> That is the quote. That is I how that is described. I love things that are fabulous and evil. I know. Like, that's the best. Right? No, that's why I include this one because I'm like, okay, it's literally described in the article. Um, like Wikipedia sourced to the article and I went to read the article and it describes it as a fabulous and evil horse. I want to be fabulous and evil when I grow up. <laughs> 
I think you I think you're there. Oh, thank you. You're oh. welcome. You can tuck that in your pocket for a rainy day. <laughs> so this yeah, so Cheval Malay was another like evil horse, but apparently very fabulous. And he was mentioned in folklore around the French Vendée, Poitou, and more or Poitou, and more frequently in the Pays de Retz near Lac de Grandlieu, which I believe means big lake. Pays de Retz. Oh, fuck you. You're <laughs> such a posturer. <laughs> Whatever. So this particular fabulous and evil horse is said to appear at night and materializes as a beautiful white or black horse, saddled and bridled to tempt passing travelers to ride it because they're exhausted from traveling on their feet. Yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. often find that I imagine too. they aren't going to hop on something that looks like that big snail guy. Um, I mean... You never know. I, I would guess. try it. I'd try it. I would give it a shot. I've I've played Bloodborne. I know how this works. Um, so there are many legends regarding, you know, unwary people who rode this horse and consequently never returned. Okay. And who knows what the fabulous one did. Maybe he, yeah, like, what threw does he do? orgasms too. I'm Probably. not sure. He's just like He's just like, I'll just do what you do. Uh can go only back. do what horses do anyway. <laughs> yeah. That would be a bummer. Yeah, like, he's like, I'm fabulous and evil, but all I can do is throw people. All I can do is horse things. Me. All I can do is horse things. I hate that. <laughs> it was a oh mistake. I want to go back to being a hobgoblin like my mother said I should. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so, so that was some French lore for you guys. Yes, and you should rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes yeah, as well. Yeah, do it. We're Two Scared Siblings on iTunes. And all the episodes are free for download. Yeah, you can, listen, you can join us on Podbean too. Yep. Two scared siblings there. Um, email us your own scary snail stories and um, <laughs> encounters with strange horses at uh, <laughs> two scared siblings at gmail.com. And on Twitter, we're at two scared sibs and at Andrea Noel3. And my personal is at toy carousels. You probably shouldn't follow me. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash two scared siblings. Yeah, we're offering uh, new bonuses for the tiers. We just need to change them in uh, in writing. Yeah. But if you sign up for a $1 tier, you get a special shout out once, a verbal one. And you also get to make us say a weird sentence of your choosing. It can be something loving, like if you want us to say something like inspiring to you. Or if you want us to say something humiliating, go for it. Just tell us. And with the $5 tier, you get all that and bonus episodes. So, go. <laughs> <laughs> do it right now the guy who's like the one listener who like went into the catacombs when we suggested it's like fuck He's i'm like, in the catacombs i can't do it the internet here's bad I'm lost in the catacombs <laughs> i can't believe that i've listened to them <laughs> don't listen to us when we tell you to do stuff don't listen to us when we tell you to visit the catacombs because it will happen Specifically, often. just not when we say that yeah everything else is fine should probably follow our directions to the T. To the fabulous horse. To the, to the fabulous and evil Horse T. Horse T. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Sounds terrible. Okay. All right. Yeah, so um, okay. now's the time when we give you a smooch goodbye. Mwah. Mm-hmm. Sleep well.